Welcome to the Cross Street Podcast. My name is Scott, and each week we're going to explore different topics and passages from the Bible, see what their meaning is, and then more importantly, see what relevance and applicability there are to our lives today. A lot of people think the Bible is outdated and has very little relevance in modern society, but in reality, there's a lot we can learn from it and even more to be encouraged by. And we challenge you to throw out any preconceived notions you may have about the Bible and read it again for the first time. You may be surprised at what hope it gives. Welcome back, everyone. You've probably heard the phrase, money is the root of all evil. And so today we're going to look at the topic of, is making money a bad thing? You know, working on Wall Street, I have faced this uh, question numerous times uh, with self-reflection and, in fact, Outside reflection as well, I had a business acquaintance one time ask me, doesn't the Bible say it's more difficult for a rich man to get into heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle? And so what we're going to do is to uh, explore that topic and see what the Bible has to say about uh, money and what we should be doing with it. So the passage we're going to look at today is from the book of Mark. And it is, uh, the backdrop is uh, Jesus is uh, on his way back to Jerusalem, uh, where he's gonna where he's gonna eventually uh, go to the cross, and along the way he's teaching his disciples about the kingdom of God, and uh, crowds have followed around him as well, and he is teaching and uh, explaining things to them. So that's the backdrop of the story, and we're gonna pick up the reading in Mark uh, chapter ten, verses seventeen through twenty-seven, and it says. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? And then ends the reading today from the book of Mark. So on the surface, it would appear that, wow, uh, being rich or accumulating wealth is actually a difficult thing. But we're going to uh, look a little bit deeper and uh, cross different passages in the Bible and see if there's not more to it than that. So what we're going to do is just go through this passage, it's fairly short, go through the meaning, and then see what we can learn about uh, the way the Bible uh, looks at money. So starting off, the first thing we see is something that to me is very interesting, and that is that it says that uh, the man ran up to Jesus, went down on his knees, and then called him good teacher. And Jesus responds to him by saying, like, why do you call me good? And uh, no one is good except for God alone. Uh, let's stop there for just a minute and think about what was going on. Jesus, obviously, is God come down in human form. So the fact that he responded like this is a little bit interesting. 
that he deflected uh, the question about being good to a uh, point that only God is good. And it seems like it's a little bit of a, a, a con- contradiction, uh, Not, but he's really not saying that he's not good. What he's doing is something we see throughout the Gospels, where Jesus responds to a question with a counter-question in order to cause self-reflection in the asker and to change that person's assumptions. It's obvious that this man thinks that eternal life can be achieved. We see that by his question to Jesus. What must I do to gain eternal life, he says. And Jesus is about to change this guy's perspective completely. He wants this man to know that it's only through God's grace that we can get to heaven, not on your own merit. Eternal life is not achieved. It's received. It's a gift from God. And anything you are putting your faith in more than God has to be shed before one can truly follow him and enter his kingdom. You see, this man had obviously been following the laws earnestly his whole life. As he responded excitedly to Jesus about all the commandments being fulfilled, when Jesus laid them out to him. And in his mind, his wealth accumulation was confirmation of this achievement and of his own righteousness. So when Jesus told him to give that all away and follow him, the man was devastated. His security had been in his wealth, and Jesus had turned that on its head. Jesus was saying to him, it's not about following your own self, it's about following me. So we can see that Jesus is just putting the emphasis on uh, turning to God Uh, as opposed to yourself, to reach eternal life. And he's not doing it in a mean way at all. It says that he actually saw that this man was genuine in his attempts to to achieve salvation. Because it goes on and says that Jesus looked at him and loved him uh, when he sort of countered him. So Jesus saw that the guy was yearning to learn, and he wanted to put him on the right path about that following the law will never, you will never be totally righteous. Uh, The only way is to put your reliance on me. Um, And so that's the backdrop of what's going on here. And then uh, the man leaves. It says that the disciples, uh, Jesus turns and teaches the disciples a quick lesson when he says that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the disciples are amazed by this. And then he goes on to say it's harder for a rich man to go into heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And the disciples are even more amazed. And the reason that they're so amazed, meaning shocked, is because at that time, they had always been taught that uh, wealth and blessings had come from God and that they had never envisioned that having uh, wealth would be a hindrance to entering the kingdom of God. They actually thought that it uh, meant the sign of, of you being in right standing with God. And I'll give you a couple of passages from the Old Testament uh, that kind of point to this uh, fact. Uh, this one's from uh, Psalm 112. It says, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses. And then obviously um, their father, their faith, Abraham, had great wealth and uh, prosperity. And so they looked at him as as getting blessings from God. And then also uh, Solomon, um, it says that obviously that he had wealth beyond anyone's uh, uh, fortunes in the whole world. And he was uh, the one who built the temple. So The disciples would have been very surprised at this by Jesus, and it makes sense why they uh, kind of are a little distraught themselves and in the passage with who then can be saved. So now we need to just uh, take a second and say, wait a minute now. We we just heard that uh, the Old Testament saying that um, money and wealth are blessings from God, but the previous passage in Jesus' teaching says sort of the opposite. So how can we reconcile 
Um, are these a contradiction of each other or what's going on? And what we need to do is to look a little deeper into what's being said here. Jesus is not saying that, and the Bible's not saying that money is inherently evil. What he's saying is that if you put your reliance on money, if it becomes your idol, if it's what you have your security in and what you trust in, that's when money becomes a problem. When you have it as a substitute for God, that's when it becomes a real issue, not money in and of itself. And we can see that because in the passages that talk about the bad things of money, there's always a linkage to this. Uh, let me just run through a couple of them. The first one that I talked about was money being the root of all evil. That's actually not the full passage. The real passage in 1 Timothy says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So you can see there it says the love, uh, not the money itself. And it obviously implies that your love is for money and not, and not for God. Another example from the uh, book of Luke talking about uh, where we have our security. And it says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what should I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. So obviously this man is looking after himself and putting his security and uh, reliance on his possessions and not on God. And then we can see in, in other passages throughout the Bible, when they talk about the uh, negatives of money, they all sort of uh, allude to the fact that they are the center of what you're, what you're looking for as opposed to God himself. Um, here's another one. It says from Matthew 6, it says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or will you be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So we can see that it's not the inheritance of money is the, uh, is the negative. It's our, the way that we uh, look at it is what uh, makes, makes it uh, be a bad thing. And it's, to be honest with you, it's not any different than any of the other uh, temptations in life. Um, where we rely on something instead of God. But the reason the emphasis is so strong on money is because um, uh, it's very easy for money to then be associated with uh, your own good works and uh, your own prosperity and for you to easily put your security in it compared to some of the other things that we see as fleeting, like our beauty or something like that. So that's the reason why the Bible and why Jesus are so wary and giving people really a lot of pause when they're thinking about money. It can be used, obviously, for a great thing. As we saw, uh, the reason Solomon got his money is because it says he did, he actually, um, his heart's desire was not on wealth or possession or honor. Uh, it was actually because he was looking for wisdom and knowledge so that he could govern his people and serve them as, a, as, his, as king. And so God recognized that, and then he, he also got blessings alongside it. And same with Abraham. Uh, you know, it says that uh, he believed in God and, and it was his faith that made him and, and, and blessings came along with it. Uh, it wasn't that he was uh, his good deeds or something like that or that his security was in his possessions. Uh, both those guys had their security in God. And so then having money um, was uh, nothing wrong with it. In fact, a good thing. We can actually honor God with our wealth. And the Bible even tells us to do so. In Proverbs 3, it says... 
honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. So we can obviously do good things with wealth, serving others and helping those in need. And there's a lot of great things we can do with money. We just need to make sure that it's not, uh, that we have our right orientation towards it. Money is actually a gift from God and can be, a, and is actually a good thing. But when it becomes your security, it can become very bad. And that's what happened with this uh, young man. He was obviously very serious about um, keeping the law and doing good things in the story. But his security was in his possessions and his accumulated wealth. And when Jesus called him out on that to try to orient him that, that it's God that you need to rely on, he went away very sad. That's the big lesson that we need to take away. God is the only way that we can reach heaven. He's the only way that we can have true security and peace on earth. The disciples thought that wealth was a sign that you could have peace and security on earth. But actually, I didn't finish the story from above. And after they asked him, who then can be saved? Jesus responded, with man, this is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. So he's just confirming that. Don't rely on your own works. Put your security in me. Put your security in God. And you will have eternal life. Do you worry that having a lot of money is inherently bad? Or that there's something wrong with prospering in your job? Well, you don't have to. God wants you to take the gifts that he's given you, work as hard as you can using them, and use them to glorify him. And if that results in you making a lot of money, be thankful for it and use it to serve others. Money isn't inherently bad. Loving it is. Placing your security in it is. Putting it in the place of God is. And storing it for only for yourself is. Jesus tells us, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Recognize that our real treasure is in Jesus, not in our money. He withheld none of his wealth from us. In fact, he chose to bankrupt himself on the cross so that we could have treasure in heaven. The Bible tells us he's gone ahead of us to his father's house to prepare a room for us. No rent needed. Who or what are you following? Anything other than Jesus is passing away. He is our rock and our salvation. Put your faith in him, surrender yourself to Jesus, and you will enjoy the riches of his wealth like never before. And always remember how he answered the question to, who then can be saved? With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed it. And look forward to you next week on the Cross Street Podcast.